Okay. Uh, I want to start today uh, mentioning the sponsorship, which I think is appropriate. Um, it's uh, Mr. Marty Kneft, Mark Kneft, uh, who is a, uh, a successful attorney in Elizabeth. He does he's a title. He does title searches. He was a president of the uh, JC for many years. A very big uh, Oscar for Claudius role. Um, and when I mentioned to him the fact that I was getting this year, the first thing he thought of was what had occurred just right a couple of days ago. In Muncie, there was a, uh, a vehicle that rammed into a number of uh, a number of, it was a number of people. Uh, one family was uh, very injured, as you can see here. They're all Bas It's not Chayesor. It's Chayesor. So we also we want the shear, the learning of. Uh, you know, part of what the shear is about is the schools of Limit Really, this whole topic is about the power of what Torah. Is that like the purpose? No, I'm sorry. So the power, it's on, right, Gary? Yeah, yeah, it's on. It's on. Okay, so it's on. So it's, oh, the partnership is about the power of Limit and what Limit can do, and, and how it's possible to transfer or perhaps to uh, at least marshal schools and, and channel them towards positive things. So we definitely. Uh, with all the Chayul Makal Yisrael, but obviously when, when children are hit in such a, uh, a, a, a terrible, drastic way in front of a whole bunch of people, so it, it's very shocking. So uh, Mr. Kneff right away said that he wanted uh, to dedicate it for Hana Bas Chayisor, Rabu Ashleima, Yosef Mayor and Chayisor, Rabu Ashleima. Um, and also, it should be Inyan uh, Masimach as well, a uh, relative of his, uh, Ari Jaffe and Elena Zalewski. You can look them up on Only Simchas, maybe you know who they are. They should be Masechah to build uh, a bias them and be a throw. And in the Swiss of this year, again, part of what we're really talking about is, as I said, you know, we're, we're really talking about this issue is, is it really this contract for soul matter? The idea of the uh, of the Heskim Yisachar and Zvulun or Yisachar and Zvulun. Um, what really is it about? And actually, what's interesting is that there are halacha cases. I want to start actually with the halacha case itself. So let's go to the halacha case. I just want to show you a shaila that came up in Eretz Yisrael, a young dying, uh was dealing with it, and I actually have that right here. Um, I want you to see it right here. So, and the truth is, is that it's 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 not surprising that this should be a topic that has constantly uh, got people interested. Um, it's the type of thing that, and you can see the shyly here. Maybe it would be easier. I'm trying to make it a little bit larger. There we go. Let's go to a zoom. Okay. So here was the shyly. There was a there was a Yisachar and a Zulun. Um, one was the Balabas, one was the boy, the man wearing incredible. So, as you can see in the Shiloh, uh, the fellow was not getting that much from the fellow, and he was going to get seven hundred shekel from this person. Seven hundred shekel. Again, the question was from a number of years ago. Seven hundred shekel. Um, not a lot of money. Uh, about. About $150, or you know, a little bit in between $150 and $200 a month. Um, and it turned out that uh, the fellow, let's talk about, you know, are you sus for me? You know, let's call him Shmero. Shmario, let's call him. Shmario decided that he found another person because $700, $200 a month isn't going to do it. 
uh, in Yerushalayim especially. So he found someone else, and they actually made up a star. We'll talk about what that star is, the star Yisrael, and he actually made two of them. So Shmero went, let's say, to Ruvain, and then he made it with Shimon. Now, Shimon made the deal with him, and then when Shimon found out, he, you know, Shimon probably was happy about the fact that he found Shmario uh, to... He was able to make a deal with Yisrael with a star and everything like that. And then uh, Shimon found out that Shmario had actually made a deal with Ruvain before that. So, they came to Besden. They came to Besden to see if he can get out of it. Why? Let's see what happened. So, uh, the uh, Ruvain, Shimon said, okay, I Yismach, he says, of course I would want Yismach Lahanik Trumel Avlech. Right? I'd love to give money to a, a, a Kowal Bell. Uh, why? Because I realize. But, you know, because I know that when he gets from Kowal, it's not enough. But he's already got a deal with someone else. So, if he's already got that deal with someone else, so what does he have left to give me? He maybe already is, you know, he gets some money from Kowal, he gets money from Ruvain. Now, this is like extra. He's already that essential source that allows him to live and make his, make his essential payments and to essential living. He's already gotten from one. So what does he have to share with me? <laughs> that was his time in business, Shimon. Uh, he says, uh, I, I, you know what? I want, to, I, I want to find someone else. It's not that I don't want to give tzedakah. I don't want, and I don't even consider it tzedakah. I consider it a source, but this doesn't seem to work. Whereas, as you can see, he said, listen, we signed a contract. You didn't say beforehand, do you have this deal with anybody else? We signed the contract. The contract says that you were going to pay me for a certain amount of time, this amount, you can't get back from your contract. So that, it came to a detail. Is the idea that he's going to do that they split the... the, the, the oh, so that's a good question. That's a good question. What were the terms of the contract? What were the terms? Uh, I don't have uh, a copy of what the what it was, uh, but general the way it works is is that as so I'm going to show you, I, I sent you I think in the email that there was there is a standard nosach that Rebel Yashiv uh, agrees on where it's actually half and half, where you actually have where I provide uh, I provide uh, half of what I'm making in a sense from a certain uh, area of my business, and you will give me half. So if that was the contract, you're right. If half or half, if that was the if that was the Asafar's Vulan deal, then it, it sounds that he it sounds that Shmario was playing fast and loose, right? Because he can't split half of his half of his star and another half of his star with someone else. So I don't know if they had the Rebel Yashiv star. But he can split half and half. He has the exclusive left, but he can give the other the, the other fifty percent of the exclusive. <laughs> then he'd be with zero, right? Yeah. Then, then he would be with zero. But he still has the star of Limon. Right, okay. So now you're so now you're really getting to the heart of the matter. Uh, can we really split these things? That's really what it's about. But it came to a dinner. Uh The Psach and this young fellow who was from the Rabbanut, who passed in this case, I looked him up, I saw I think I saw a picture of him online. I hate sounding very prejudicial, but all the young Rabbanut Rabbanim look pretty much the same to me, so I couldn't tell. But this Avishai Maitlis, who, who got his, uh, he became a Dayan uh, in 2013, he was dealing with this Shaila. Uh, his psak, as you can see here, was that, as you can see, um, 
the third pair, the paragraph right there, Havrech, Shekivel, Skum, Mizriam, we call him Shmaryo, Yochalara, Cheskim, Nosef, and Nidivacher. He can make a deal with another person. And how does it work then? This is your question. If you're making two deals, how does it work? He says, V'chol Tzairei Mikabel Tzmar Yudoi L'fi Erech Trumosoi She'it Shloi Luloi Mei Lishkei Al Talmudoi Okay. So this is a very, this is the way the side works. Let's see it one more time. Basically what he said was, you got to admit that every little bit helps. And every, and of course God is the ultimate Dayan who knows how much Shmario uh, was learning, how much Shmario actually learned, and how, and God also knows how much the money from Ruben helped, and how much the money from Shimon helped. Clearly, both helped together. So, according, that's what he says, according, it's not like I had nothing left to give. You definitely helped me. In my learning, the fact that you gave me even more money gave me a, a greater clarity of thought. I was able to think a little bit clearer. I had less uh, I had less anxieties. Um, I, I didn't have to worry as much. My learning was stronger. So each one contributed. So therefore, since each one contributed, and he has something, Shmario has something worthwhile, which is his learning. So according to however God will allow it to happen, <laughs> however it's going to happen over there, and however God grants it, however God fetches it, Ruvain gets something for the amount that he is helping him. Shimon gets something for the amount that he is helping him. It, uh, it accrues to uh, both of them. Um, and as he says over here, I'm just going to take a second of it, right? Um, the only question is like this. There is one issue that you need to know. He says, Ladas Afkas Reiko. Now it's interesting who the Afkas Reiko is. I actually was, I think I brought it with me today. The Afkas Reiko is the Chuba Sefer from the Beit Yosef himself. Everybody knows the Beit Yosef is Beit Yosef, the man who wrote the Chippur on the, the, on the tour, that eventually became the short version of that, became the Shulchan Aruch. The most important Sefer that was written in the last 500 years, 600 years. The Z Sefer, the Shulchan Aruch. But he also has chubas. He was Rabbi Yisachairo. He was a human being that people ask questions to. So he has a chuba called, his chuba sefer is called, there is another sefer called Chuba Beis Yosef on Ebenezer, but there's another, there's two chubas farm from the Beis Yosef. Little, yeah. So the Beis Yosef actually has a chuba. The problem is that, again, we know, he, he integrates many of the Tamil Yitzchakamim of his time in that sefer, which is great, because it's a historian's gold mine. So the Chumas Avchas Reichel says, In other words, if Shmario already has big money coming in from whatever the money Ruben decided, and he definitely has enough to be settled, and this is just stuff to put into the bank, or stuff, he says, then you're a Boza Hashem. Then what you've done is, 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 is wrong. Because the whole point is, is to support it, not to become rich from it. You're supposed to get enough that you can learn and be comfortable enough that you're able to be successful in learning. But if what you're doing here is, is a way that he says that you have enough, you have enough, to be honest with yourself, then taking more is using Torah as a commodity. That's according to the Biseosev. And look who, 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 who the diet puts on the other side of the table versus the Biseosev. Well, Ladasa Yigras Moshe. Moshe Feinstein. One of the last troopers that he wrote. I actually remember, some of you might, of my vintage might remember as well, 
there was a Torah journal, you might remember, that came out uh, every couple of months called the Anha Torah. And the Abudas Yisrael published it. It was a little paperback thing, and they would bring in little, you know, the, the, they still do, I think, right? They bring it into the yeshiva, and then they started, you, you can't even give it away, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, the lava balls on, on, on you know, in, uh, you know, in Ramla, you know, it's, uh, you know, you can't even give them away. But I remember when it came out, it said on the title, Special Yisachar Zvun uh, Edition, and it was a Psaq Ramesha. Now, the Ramesha was nifter in 1986. This was 1982. Uh, it was, again, from that last proof of Ramesha's life. And um, Ramesha wrote a long tribute to someone I learned from Kola with together, Simcha Salvechik. Uh, from the Salvatric family. He was with me in Kola. Of course, he was, much, he was older than I was, but I was in Kola with him for a number of years and knew him quite well. So Rav Simcha actually brought the question to Rav Moshe, and the reason he was able to is because Rav Moshe's grandson was also in the Kola with us. Uh, that was Rav Mordechai Tenter. Mm-hmm. Ah, you might have heard of him. He's, uh, as he had some repute uh, in previous years, and he was known as Rav Moshe's... Uh, he was the gatekeeper. He was the gatekeeper to enter Ramosha. So it was through Mordechai Tendler that Simcha Salvechik brought this question to Ramosha. What's going on with Yisrael? <coughs> I mean, everybody is doing it. It's happening everywhere. It's part of our, it's part of our history. It's part of our Medrashic history. Can you give us some parameters here? You're the God of Lador, Ramosha. So Ramosha wrote this tshuva. Um, and as you can see, it's a very long one. <laughs> You could be rich and be a Talmud Chacham. Why? Because the more money you have, clearly you feel that your learning is better. If, the, if you're the type of person that then you know you, even though technically uh, you have this amount of money in the bank, but your learning's better, if you're honest that your learning is better, then there is no set amount. So according to Ramayusha then, and that's obviously not what happened here in Eretz Yisrael, but according to Ramesha, even a, a person can make deals, a person can sell, in a sense, his schuyot, that's what it sounds like, right? Or, or at least the schar of Torah, because of how the money helps to allow him to learn. The fact that this happened is, is once... Well, is coming from the that profit from saying that even if you're an usher... The fact that you have more of a thing, it's not called property. Right, that's true. Ramosha rejects a little bit of what... Ramosha rejects what the Beis Yosef was saying, because he says that even a person who is wealthy uh, is able... Even a person who's already got a certain amount of wealth, a little bit more makes him learn better. Uh, he's not, Again, he has to be honest with himself. If he's, if he's just a, a huckster, then clearly the whole deal doesn't mean anything. If he is a person who's learning, even though technically we're going to check his bank account, say, you know, you don't know. <coughs> Moshe felt that, therefore, according to Rav Moshe, this young nine inherits his child, Paskin, that in our case, Mario, the Shimon has to continue his deal. So, yes? When the original deal came, he, would he have been masking knowing the point? Uh, you know, if he put, if he put his cards uh, on the table, fine. So, I, I, okay, fine. I know that that's all I'm saying. He was saying it was a little bit of a mechatos on 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 on, on, on Shmario's part. Shmario should have told 
Shimon, I've already got to deal with someone else. And so I've already deal with someone. You should know that. And now that you know that, are you still willing? So that's a good question. Why wasn't it, why wasn't there an issue of Mechas Tos in that case? Uh, but clearly, there, he was giving him a, a product back. In other words, and that's really you know why don't we step back for a second? And really, you know, we, we hear about this. Yes, sir. What do you want to say? I'm sorry. Go ahead. The context has me a little confused because the first person sponsoring is learning, second person sponsoring is learning. What does learning better have to do with the fact that they already made a time deal, as it were, that that this percentage of my learning is to you? Like, once the percentage is done, you can't say, oh, well, there's more learning, so then the percentage changed. Okay. That's what I said before. It's an objective 50%. Uh, so that's, what the, that's what it is. It's actually in the sort of, it's, it's not really objective. It's objective for God, but it it's, wouldn't be objective that you could actually delineate it on a piece of paper, which is, you know that by both of these men providing him with money, mm-hmm. he is going to learn better. He, could, he clearly, what he gets from the Kolil is not enough. So what he's getting from person one and person two together help him be the great Tamil the writer of Sarm, whatever he's going to do. Right? That's that's clear. Um, like I said, he's not a huckster. He's not trying to pocket the money. Now, God will make his freshman how and, and, and the person giving the money doesn't have to worry that he lost. Now Shimon was saying, What did I get? Shimon's whole point was he's already being supported by Ruben. I gave him money. I didn't get anything. On that, Ravmaitlis, the young Dian, answered, no, you did get something. Because together, both of the monies helped this man become the Talmud Chacham that he is and the learning. And each person will get, uh, proportionately, that type of schar and Limit Torah. Right, so, so they so can't. Then, you're right. They wouldn't be able to put it out. Question as to what the deal is with both of them: Are they saying that it'll split the screws, or are they saying that you'll get a fraction, undetermined fraction? Because if it's an undetermined fraction, then you could say, well, since he's learning better, you both got the value. God will okay hedge bone it out. But if you're just saying that you know so you get this portion of my learning, right? So again, it sounded like the psak was not based on a number that they actually knew. But, again, I think Hilly's point is a good one. Lachore, he could have tied it. I don't know if he did tie it. He said, I would never have made the agreement with you had I known. And the question is, can you go back on such a thing or not? Um, the truth is, I, I think we really got to step back for a second. The fact that this didn't ever happen three years ago is just an indicator that these things have been going on. This isn't... Right? And you could say, oh, it's a very quaint uh, thing. And, 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 and obviously, there's a power to the idea that you can actually share with someone together in their Torah. Um, I, I, I think when we go back, we go back to even sources for a second, we saw Hans Zulman, it's clear that the Pesukim never mentioned that they ever had this deal, right? The only thing is, Chazal, looking at the, the <coughs> you saw Hans Zulman in the Pesukim, the fact that there probably was historical evidence that Zulman was known as uh, a traitor, he, because he was by the Mediterranean Ocean, the Mediterranean Ocean, you know, the Gemara always talks about going to Medina Sayam, right? Gemara always talks about making money. Isco. Isco was always the ocean. 
right? The same way, you know, the, what makes Chicago uh, the great industrial city it is is because it's close to the railway lines and it's close to the middle of the country and it can get places, right? Uh, the, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, even where I come from, Memphis, the reason the reason why it achieved uh, a little bit of a, of a boom was because of FedEx, but because they realized they could fly everywhere in the country by being right in the middle, right? That would, in other words, that spot allowed their travel to occur you know, Memphis and Louisville, these were cities. It's a hub. It's a hub. And a hub means your ability sure. to get places. Zulin, because of where they were, they could get places. That's what made them, a, that's what gave them power in business. The fact that they were on the ocean, the fact that they were well uh, calibrated to know how to use the ocean and how to use the boats and, and take material to places where they could sell, that made Zulin the Parnassa people. So, there's probably, from the fact that it, the, the Sikh can talk about Zvulun's connection to the ocean, probably indicates that they were involved in Parnosa. That's probably, even without, again, you could probably make that assumption. What's interesting is that Chazal overlay this with something else. They say, <coughs> Yisoskar is right next to Zvulun, and Yisoskar uh, talks about being, uh, uh, you know, there's a psukim in Divrayomim, talks about Yisoskar being Yodea Bina Itin, that they seem to know this esoteric knowledge, and there was this idea of, 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 of Hamor, of, of being, uh, having been laden down. So there was the tradition that Yisoskar is Rashi and Chazal, constantly quote, Yisoskar was the teachers, Yisoskar were the learners. So then there was fostered, I'm not going to say it's a legend, but was fostered this idea that Yisachar and Zvulun were <coughs> together. Did the original children of Yaakov ever make that deal? There's no evidence on that. They were just they were just human beings. But there was this tradition that these two tribes, that these two Shvatim had this symbiotic connection. And it's such a strong tradition that you find it almost in all the Midrashim. It's like and you could say one person thought of it and then just spread like you know like like measles from one you know from one person to the other to the other. But there's right, but there's so many right there's so many sources in so many different places that it sounds like there was something to it. So what I'm trying to say is this thing probably was is deep in our history. Whether it's from the it's not from the Torah specifically, but clearly it was something that was that, that when we talk about the second Jewish Commonwealth, when we talk about the second base on it had already been known that there was these deals going on between people. Um, and and otherwise, you know, it, it, it would have been a novelty. It would have been and said, oh, you know, you would have seen, like, like for example, there would be the type of debates that you see in our Gemara that we're running in Dafyomi about Shriv Meira and other things like that. It sounds like it was entrenched in our history. Okay. And that much I'm willing to go out on a limb, and I think even a non-religious Bible critic would say, yeah, maybe you have a point over here from these midrashim. Question is, though, does, did it really have halachic significance? And was it really something this, you know, that, that really, as we see in this Din Torah, that you could actually say, I demand my money, and, and I actually did give you something? So on this, I want to share. I wanted to share with you yeah, I just want to ask uh, before, uh, how, how the mechanics how the mechanics work with this. Like, uh, like if, if you enter into a uh, into relationship, you start into a relationship with somebody who's learning. Yes. Are you potter from from? from okay. No, clearly not. <laughs> clearly not. And, and actually, you know, I can show you from the sources that speak about it. But again, you're asking a good question. In, in halacha, 
why would someone enter into such a uh, a deal? And does it and, and, and extra credit? And does it, and the second question is, is it something that you that the zvulun the yisachar could demand? And can the zvulun demand as well? No. Can the zvulun come in? And, and, and there's been cases where the zvulun comes into the base matter and says, "I want to see what I'm paying for." Right. 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 <laughs> you got you got an iPhone. What are you doing with that, right? <laughs> How could, well, you weren't in yeshiva today? I, I came in there. I wanted to see if you were there. You were slept. Right? <laughs> uh, in fact, some people say... Video games. Right? <laughs> some people say that Smach Zvulun B'Tseisecha, which is the Pusik in um, in, in uh, Zesar Brocha, that Zvulun is happy no matter what, because, again, he'll, he's going to get the scar even if the Yisoskar he picked was was hoodwinking him. Because of his intentions. And therefore, he's going to be smach no matter what. There are mafarshim that say that, and the, uh, uh, many of them, of course, it's, it makes sense they should say it because if they don't say it, people are going to be coming in. But here's the, here's the really weird about a, a wife and a husband too. Ah, so let's take a look. So actually, you're right. You know, the Gemara actually, the, we're going to look in the Gemara in a second. But you're right. Wife and a husband. Uh, the Gemara actually says in Brachos and so to ask uh, a, a similar question. It says, okay, women, we know, again, you have to come from the mindset of Chazal. In the mindset of Chazal, learning Torah is the greatest thing you can do. It gives you the greatest scar you can. So the Gemara asked the question, I have to tell you, I'm just going to say parenthetically, I had a, as I was preparing this year last night, it was things clear, I got, I got some texts the day before from my wife, you have to call your daughter, she's really going through a crisis of... Uh, of, of she's so she's 20 years old. She's up in Canada. She's been for the last couple of months. She's really been dealing with this idea of women's place, according to Chazal. Why women can't give aid to you know, She knows I'm in a bed. Not the women. And she's been. She had an hour conversation yesterday, a day before yesterday, with David Schatz up in YU. YU. She's really very, very concerned about this issue, uh, about women's learning. And again, it, it makes. Sense. It's, a, it's an issue that, that and I, what I said to her was, we do have, it's not like we weren't aware of it before. Um, it's not like normative or Haredi Judaism or, or rabbinic Judaism doesn't realize that these are issues that need to be discussed. They're on the table right now. What, what do you mean? Women can't learn? I mean, women can't give aidus? Women can't be involved? How do, how do you, how's your system allow for that? So I had to, again, I spent an hour, an hour and a half talking with her about about how to deal with this and what might be an approach. So, I didn't mention there, but she knew about it already, of course. The Gemara in, 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 in Sota and in Brachot says, Noshim B'may In other words, where do they get the source of, of, of Talmud? An essential question. So, you, so what does the Gemara answer, Hilly? What the Gemara say is that from the fact... What, from the fact that they, without them, the husbands really couldn't go out and learn. Without them, they wait for their husbands. They take care of the children. They're waiting for them. In other words, they provide such a network of support that it would be impossible for the husband to learn otherwise. What about single girl? What? Single girl. I was just about to ask that. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> Remember. In the time of Chazal, single girls were a tremendous anomaly. We know that, right? We don't live, right, in those days. In fact, even the idea, again, you know, it, 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 when people hear about it, and they hear about Alma uh, Ivria, and they hear about this type of situation, they say, oh, isn't that, isn't that barbaric? 
But if you really take a look, and if you know the history of, of, of the Middle Ages and even before, the idea of child brides was very, very common. I know now, again, it's, uh, it, we live in a different world. But the idea of a child bride, the idea of a young virgin, the idea of a young girl being married wasn't strange. So you're right. The, the, there were girls, Nebuch, in those days who had made it to 17, 18, and 20 without marriage. But most girls, most girls were married. I lived in Mexico City for uh, uh, a year and a half after I was married. And I remember the girls were getting married still at 16, 15, right? And actually, so specific wasn't saying, you know, each each woman, and not not every woman's waiting for a husband, right? So, okay. In other words, the Gemara's question was, okay, men have something. What can a woman do? Okay, each specific woman, whatever. I think most women would have, again, the, the assumption was that this would have been what mo, what would happen. Most women would be married by yeah, a relative. Right over here, what happens? I don't know, whatever. But and, if, and, if a guy doesn't ah, have to so have So, so all right, good, so you're jumping in. So, first, again, so the Gemara says women have, women, so the Gemara says that women have a scar in man's learning because they provide the network of support. Now, so if that's true, where does that come from, right? That comes from the logic that if so, you really when we talk about this idea of where does Yisachar and Zulin come from, there's a logic that if I enable you, if I'm your enabler, then obviously I share in what you did. The Gemara doesn't say that they wrote a contract. The Gemara doesn't say that they made a deal like Yisachar and Zulin. The Gemara says it existed inherently. The Gemara says, since we know this is what women are doing, therefore, of course, they have a schar in Limerat Torah. So if that is a logical truth, that when you help contribute, you automatically get. Now, does it mean 50-50? Does it mean with a deal? Does it mean that she can complain? That's already, once you once you make it into a document, into a Choshen Mishra, but then it becomes a little bit different. But the basic idea that they get a schar of Limerat Torah is already the logic that, hey, without me, you couldn't learn. 100-100. Why does it have to be? It's like we talked about in this case. Why has to be divided up? Why is it some fine divided? Okay, 100. again, and this zero some. Okay, so so let's take a look here. The tours. The Maybe that's for a single girl. Okay, okay. So let's take a look. All right, a okay. single girl maybe helps helps her father enable him to learn. Yeah, yeah. She can go faster than anybody. Put this way, there's no question about it. What you see here is that. Uh, you can just shut the. Uh, oh, you can shut that off. Nice. What you see, what you see here is that, the, uh, that even without any deals, you see from the Gemara about women that if you enable, then you definitely have part of you share. Okay, where does Yisachar's woman show up first? So let's take me. She actually And here's the beginning of Hilchos the Torah from the tour. Uh, the tour starts off with the Rambam. Everybody has to learn Torah, no matter who you are, right? That's this is a, a direct quote from the Rambam. Um, and yet, now this is the tour's own idea. Someone who can't learn because he just doesn't get it. Not everybody was not everybody was served properly by school, right? Not everybody had a teacher. Whatever it is. You can't do it. Either, right? You just don't know. And you try and it doesn't work. I, as a teacher, people come to me, very smart people. 
have come to me and said, I just don't get how this thing works. And there's just something going on. Or maybe the fact is, you know, every time I sit in front of a Gemara, I remember the way my Rebbe was so mean to me. We have it again. We had it here in IDT for many years. The people, students would say to me, you know, Rebbe, you get so excited about learning, it brings back the bad memories of my Rebbeim <laughs> that I had that, that I couldn't take, you know. So you got to chill out. you got to chill out because the Rebbeim I had that were intense like you, they were also, I couldn't take them. Okay. That's all right. I have to learn how to manage. But there are people that just can't learn, and it's not their fault. Then you have people who can't learn, and they turn us as man. <laughs> now, that might be choices that they made. That might be the wife that they married, who demands what she demands. That might be the investments that he made that now are more bigger than he can. That might be the house that he decided to buy, or the neighbor decided to move in, or whatever it was. But those tiranos are real. So what should you do? Yaspik lachayrim alone. Give money to them. So the tour adds the words. It's as if you learned. It's not just you supporting. Right. That's what it seems like. That that's exactly. The tour is saying this. You can't do it. So at least here, here it's as if you learned. They say that um, it happened in the 50s, I believe, that, you know, when, when and I have to tell you, again, um, I'm, I'm very disturbed by, you know, the great media attention in the last couple of months that it's been directed towards Lakewood. I get the, uh, what is that, the hair, what is the New Jersey paper called again? I don't very Park Press. The Star Ledger. Star Ledger. Star Ledger. Star Ledger. And they have they just got the pictures. Right. And they have been there's been a barrage of Lakewood stories that have been again from A to Z. I don't know I wanna it's not my place to comment on them. All I can tell you is, is that Oive is what I say when I see all the stories, not just these not just the pictures of these people that, that were that were found, but in general what Lakewood is and how Lakewood is, is not muscling out everybody. But there was another Lakewood in the nineteen fifties that that was being built as Lakewood. That, of course, you know, Aaron uh, Cutler uh, picked Lakewood because it was out there uh, in the boondocks. Um, and he actually used to commute. I think he lived on the east side. And he would come every, you know, four or five days a week and go back. Would he stay for Shabbos too? Just for Shabbos he'd come back. And then he'd be back on Sunday. But he lived on, his apartment was there and he lived in Lakewood. Uh, he was in Yeshiva in Lakewood. You know, and Rav Aaron is famous for, you know, the people that he would want to support the yeshiva. And he found someone to support the yeshiva in Lakewood. And um, the person's levaya was on, uh, um, and the person gave a tremendous amount of money. I'm sure I can find out who it was. The Rav Aaron went out of his way, uh, that even though it was was on Chalamoyed, he died. The Levi was going to be He said, "We're going to bring him to the base Medrash, and we're going to be him just like Balacha says, Chacham Bafanov. Chacham, there's a person that's a great scholar, even though it's Chalamoyed, we don't want to make such a big deal. But for a person who has been a great Chacham, we're going to uh, bring, we're allowed to sort of uh, bend the rules and bring him into the base Medrash and say, this is a great man.'" So Rav Aaron said, because of his support, he says, I know now in Lakewood we have Chaburis, and that was even in Rav Aaron's time, that learn every single area of learning. Every single area of Shas is being studied in my yeshiva. And he is, is, is in a great sense responsible for that. So he has the schools of the Limit Torah of all those areas of Shas which come out nobody has today. 
So therefore, he's like a Chacham because of his Zvumana aspect, because it's as if he learned by himself. And Ravaran was willing to bring him in, to not just say, oh, this is a good guy, we're going to dedicate a building and put a plaque up for him. I want the whole yeshiva to know that it's as if he was, that he had the schus of Talmud Torah, all those things of Shas that he enabled. Now again, Ravaran was trying to create a point there about what it means. But it isn't just something, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a gimmick to get you to give money. We actually are going to treat this person as a man who had the schus of Lima of all those areas of shots. True, but this, again. Okay. Not it, only mine, but all my Talmudans all right. learned it is. You know what? Again, it's one thing when you make the statement and you give the guy the gold watch and you and you praise them. It's another thing when you actually act halachically on it. Right. Now, you, again, it, it's not surprising really, that Chazal are full of statements of support Torah, support Torah, it'll be the greatest thing in the world. Because you could say it's somewhat self-serving. Yeah, if we tell you how great it is to support Torah, you're going to do it. But it's another thing when you actually say, you have a din of Adam Chacham. And even though a normal guy, we're not going to, a regular Baal but you supported this yeshiva, and this yeshiva has the schus of all the Talmud, and specifically because we were on such a level that we learned all of Shas in all areas... So it's what, when you make a halachic decision, it becomes more than just lip service. Or the, and even though it's a beautiful agadata, but I'm actually giving him a din of a yeah. I'm giving him a din of a Now, Rav Moshe points out in his tshuva that this was the tour's invention, and that it's interesting that when Rav Yosef Cairo wrote the Shulchan Aruch, he altered it a little bit. So here's the okay, here's the Shulchan Aruch. Coming up. Okay. So, Cairo, or Mr. Cairo is in the um, more standard uh, font, and the Ramah is in the Aroni font, which is a little more, uh, a little more, I don't know how to explain it. But anyway, this is Cairo. So, when Cairo says, okay, Mishi Eshelo will mode. In other words, Rabbi Cairo just says, if you if you can't learn, you're not able to, and for the same reasons, give money to people that are learning, help people to learn. And the Ramah wrote the Tachshavokilomba The Ramah added that Ramosha is clear that he says this is not a, this was the debate. He says Rabbi Yosef Cairo specifically limited it. He didn't he wanted he didn't want people not to support Torah, but he didn't want to give the idea that it's actually this 50-50 split and it's like you were learning. Based on this Ramah, the Shah says based on this Ramah, the Shah says that in a Yusakhar Zvulin deal, the person can Zvulin, the Yusakhar can actually say, Hey, we're splitting, I want fifty percent of your profits. Based on this kilom, since it's actually a real split, so therefore it works two ways. Now, um, the uh, okay. I, 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 one of the things I sent so in that case, basically, the, the other person is not to learn. Like it, it's, he's like, I'm supporting you 100 percent that that you'll be able to learn, and you supporting me 100 percent I can work. And um, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna spend my time. No, no. So we said you, you, you. It's as you can see. If you can't, obviously the guy can't either because he's not getting it and it's not working, or because the type of life that he chose 
makes it impossible to find any time to learn. But if he has time to learn, he needs to learn himself, especially mm-hmm. since, uh, again, you think about it, he's got to keep Shabbos. You know, he's, again, as I told my daughter, women are definitely high in every mitzvah of Lirman Torah that they need to know how to do. And they can't just buy, you know, uh, uh, you know, laws for a little girl and study them because you, they, you don't get it unless you study the laws of Hadlokas Neiros, unless you study the laws of Nida, unless you study the laws of Kashrus. You're not going to be the real balabas in the kitchen. <clears throat> Meaning, any law, uh, Yoni, that you need to know in order to fulfill, so of course you have to study that. And having a rabbi give a great speech about it's not enough. Because unless you really learn about something, you never really inculcate it in a way that when it comes time to do it, you know what's happening. So just to have shiurim in Hilcha Shabbos is clearly insufficient. That should just get you to want to study, so this way you can keep Shabbos in your house. So our, 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 our Zivulin, clearly, is a, if he wants to keep the laws of the Torah, needs to study. The question is, this greater part of Torah, this stuff that Rav Aaron was talking about, Kotchev, Taros, the whole areas of Shas, that there's a mitzvah to no kola Torah kula, that he doesn't have time to do. But there's no excuse to say, hey, you know what, uh, I can't learn. If you can't, you need to, it's like driving a car. It's not an excuse to say, you know, when I, you know, I tried to fight off of it, I tried to fight a ticket off in, in Brooklyn, you know, because I said the, uh, this, you know, this, this, this schmatz of a car that I had, the, um, the seat belt was already, uh, exhausted. It didn't really, it didn't pull out. I said, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, they look, I, I showed the policeman. He says, listen, that's not an excuse. You, know? <laughs> you can't just say because, right? That's what you're supposed to do. What? That's right. So in other words, you can't just say, well, I couldn't learn because I didn't know I didn't have time. Hey, you know what? That's not an excuse. You have to do what you can to get the, the seatbelt fixed. You have to do what you can to know Hilcha Shabbos. You have to know what you can. And that goes without saying. The question is this greater idea of learning Torah. Let me just share with you just a couple more things here. Um, and again, this is a topic that uh, has a lot of power to it. Uh, and, and here is something that I thought was was important. Um, this is the tshuva that a part of it I quoted on the um, uh, in, in, in the blurb. So this, as you can see, this was um, a tshuva written about 500 years ago. Um, approximately. So here, what's what was happening? Five hundred years ago, in other words, I'm selling my mitzvahs. In other words, it's more than you saw. It's a little bit worse than you saw. <laughs> People were actually saying, you know, I've got some mitzvahs. Uh, I, I do. A, I, right, I'm going to sell you the mitzvahs I'm going to do. Why not? Right? If, if you can learn from me. If you saw Chazulun as the true, as the reality, why can't we make it everything that I'm doing, right? I'm going to go out and do Chasodim, you give me some money, and I'll do Chasodim. And those, what, is it only Lima Torah? Why is it only Lima Torah, right? You'll give me money, I'll be able to go out and run the soup kitchens better, and you'll have half of my schus in, uh, in, 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 in doing Selkum, right? right? Or whatever schus I have. You helped me. So, it doesn't mean anything. So the Maramo Shakr says, but he says, I found the tshuva to Rav Haigon. Now, Rav Haigon was 500 years before Maramo Shakr. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if this tshuva exists anywhere else. So he, where he found it, I don't know. Rav Haigon wrote, he says, this is what it is. And I just want to do a couple minutes of this. He says, Mishu no sheni A guy has a, a, a minute to fast uh, Mondays and Thursdays, 
And then he said, you know what? The scar that I get for fasting, I'm giving it to you as a matana. Or he says, I'm going to be fasting this year. I'll tell you what, if you pay me, if you give me money, I'll give you the scar of my fasting and it'll go to you. Okay. And they made a Kenyan. Okonu Kenyan, I'll say. They actually made a deal and they wrote it down and they said, I'll be fasting and you're giving me this money and you're going to get this chus. Hayesh Mizet, does anything happen? Does the person really... Alright. So... Kachra Inu. He says, Ki dvarim eilu divrei hevam. She'ein lismo chaleim. said, these type of things make no sense. Ve'ichiyawa aleif how can you say that I can give you my schusen? The Pusik says, Tzidkas Atzadik, I love to you. Your Tzidkas comes from you. Right? Rishas HaRosha comes from you. So the same way, I'm not going to be punished for your Avera. Kishem she'enonam nitvas ba'avun zuloso. Kach <laughs> How can you think that you get my schus? You think the schar is dover? Is it like something like physical that you have in your pocket and I can sell it to you? Right? What do you think it is? It's not here. It's going to happen in the future. And it's some great benefit that God has for doing His will. Now, and the truth is, if you really knew what it was, if we knew what the schar of mitzvahs was, and part of the problem is that we're so physical and that we need money, but if we really knew what mitzvahs was, there's no way you would have given it anyway. Let me just change the Hebrew one second. If you... Right, Loli is the notion of If you knew what schar was, you never would have given it. And the person, and the person couldn't accept it. Um, so therefore, he says that we know what the sky gets into a whole discussion of how sky mitzvahs works. And what he says is at the end is right here. The, he says, okay, okay, back here. So he says like this: the he says, this fool that sells the schus of his fasting, it's like he gave it to the dogs. In fact, by doing this, he actually has shown that his mitzvah is just money to him. And therefore, to me, he says, he's going to get peronius from getting stopped. So this is a tshuva written a thousand years ago seemingly making the whole, how does the Rechai Gon deal with the whole Yisachar Mezulah? Because basically what he says is schar and mitzvahs are things that are ethereal. They're part of the way God connects to us. It's an amazing merit that we have that we can live there, but we don't own them, we don't control them, and you think that we are these little gnats, you think that we have the ability to change what's going on in, in Shamayim? Can't do that. So if this chupa is has any validity, it actually it makes right and, and, right, and it basically and, and that's really the question. And I think when people hear about it, and especially you know my daughter and others who are questioning how the world of halacha 
response to this modern world. And people will say, oh, come on. You know, again, it, it made sense perhaps when we believe, but do we really believe that you can transfer stuff? Do we really believe that somehow by doing these things you actually, so just one last, one last element on this. Uh, I'll read to you from the, the, and this will end with this, from the Sefer, uh, uh, the Shem Agdolm, the Chidah found an incredible story. He says that the Rosh's son, the Rosh's son wrote that I have a story from my grandfather. In my grandfather's time, my grandfather was the Rosh's father. He says, my grandfather had a very close friend. He says his close friend was the, um, oh, here was the deal. He says that um, his friend was Shlomo HaKohen. They made a bris together. Each one of them would be a chelakim chavero. They would be bound together in their mitzvahs. They would be a group and they would do mitzvahs and mitzvahs together. One Yom Kippur, unfortunately, the Russian's father, Yechiel, saw that the Yom Kippur candle was extinguished. And that was an indicator he wasn't going to live. Two weeks later, he died in Chalamoid. They brought the body. They gave it right near the Beis HaKvaros. It was waiting there. The Yechiel's friend, the one who had made the deal with him, came over and cried and said, I just want, before we bury you, I want you to remember that the deal that we had, that we shared this bond together, not Yisachar and Zulun, but that we're going to be a team, and that we share in our mitzvahs together. We're like the ultimate dynamic duo. So at that time, according to the story, what happened was, Oz Hischel HaRav who was dead, L'sachek B'tocha Aron, they heard a laughter they heard like a mocking laughter from the uh, from the mace, Veruko Akal, as if it didn't work. In other words, you think that's going to work? You think this deal that we made? Wow. Right. So this is a story. Again, it's it's brought down a couple of different versions, but again, it sort of puts this whole issue is you know we make this deal and it makes us comfortable in our lives. But is it really part of something that you can actually uh, take a person to din about? Um, maybe since people believe it's true, they do. All right, Mir Tashem, next week we're going to have a special uh, shear. I'm not going to be here, but Rabbi Bechacher, the Dayan of, in, 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 in Muncie, is going to be coming. And he, I know he's going to be great. He's, you can find him on the internet all over. He's going to be coming here and giving the shear next Gabriel. week. Okay. What? Rabbi Gabriel. Never mind. What? Your name? Okay. Is he gonna have source sheets? Huh? He was here. Yes, he was here at IDT. Is he gonna have source sheets? Uh, I sent him. I sent him uh, what I've been doing. So I expect that to happen. Um, Gary, how do I close this off? I just push the red button. I guess push the red button. Has, has it been recording? Yeah.